Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hello there, and welcome back to this podcast. This episode is going to be for Hosea chapter 1. I'm going to read a little introductory to this since we're beginning a new book. Christ is the bridegroom, the church is the bride. The message of Hosea is the deep compassion of the Lord for his people, very much like the love of a groom for his bride or the love of a father for his children. Hosea chooses the tender subject of marriage and moral fidelity to emphasize the nurturing and forgiving nature of our Father in Heaven. The Hebrew text of Hosea's book is very corrupted, making some passages difficult to grasp. The key to comprehending all of Hosea's words lies in chapters 1 through 3, the report of his marriage to a harlot. Hosea served between 755 B.C. to 725 B.C. Others say between 790 and 724 B.C. He was contemporary with Isaiah, Amos, and Micah. During this time period, Israel is about to fall to Assyrian armies. Hosea wants Israel to have the right frame of mind that will produce right actions. Hosea 6.6 says, For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, for the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Hosea's main target is the northern kingdom, the ten tribes. A theme of Hosea is Israel as a harlot or prostitute. The first three chapters we have Hosea apparently being told to marry a prostitute. Leviticus prohibited this by priests. And so there may be some doubt as to actually whether that happened or not. In the first three chapters, we have a wedding in chapter 1 and one in chapter 3. There are five possibilities of what is going on here. Plural marriage or two wives, with two wives. Marriage, divorce, remarriage to the same woman. Marriage, divorce, remarriage to a different woman. Marriage, widower, remarriage. And no literal marriages at all. Also, there are five possible explanations to what is happening. Hosea was actually commanded to marry a harlot. The whole experience comes to Hosea in a dream. Hosea married a woman who at the time was good but became a faithless wife, a harlot. A variation of three is that Gomer was not an actual harlot but was a worshiper of Baal. Therefore, she was guilty of spiritual harlotry. And the last is the story is an allegory designed to teach Israel the spiritual consequences of her unfaithfulness. Sidney Sperry, an LDS Bible scholar, said that Hosea never did actually contract such a marriage. He said, The Lord's call to Hosea to take a harlotrous woman to wife represents the prophet's call to the ministry, a ministry to an apostate and covenant-breaking people. The evil children of this apparent union represent the coming of the judgments of the Lord upon Israel, warning of which was to be carried to the people by the prophet. The figure of the harlotrous woman, or wife, And children would, I believe, be readily understood at the time by the Hebrew people without reflecting on Hosea's own wife, or if he was unmarried, on himself. Furthermore, for Hosea to marry a woman with questionable past would make it impossible for him to preach to his people and expose their sexual immoralities. They could point the finger of scorn at him and say, You are as guilty as we are. Don't preach to us. 
Elder Henry B. Eyring said, This was a story of a marriage covenant bound by love, by steadfast love. The Lord, with whom I am blessed to have made covenants, loves me and you, with a steadiness or steadfastness about which I continually marvel, and which I want with all my heart to emulate. All right, so verse 1. The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. The first verse is actually the book's title. Verse 2. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said, un, said to Hosea, Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms, and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, Diblaim which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel, or God will disperse. The name of the first child, Jezreel, is the same as that of the valley of former King Jehu's bloody purge and foreshadowed Israel's overthrow in that, str in that strategic valley. It is a valley overlooked by Megiddo. That's where Armageddon will be fought. And famed for crucial battles past and future. Jezreel means God shall sow or scatter abroad, since anciently sowing was done by casting handfuls of seed. It undoubtedly alludes to the overthrow and scattering of Israel. And yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel." Verse 5, And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. In other words, the Lord will not strengthen Israel in battle. And she conceived again and bare a daughter, and God said unto him, Call her name Lo-Ruhamah, i.e. not having obtained mercy. The, the name Lo-Ruhamah in Hebrew means not having obtained mercy, and suggests that no amount of mercy from God would set aside divine justice and save northern Israel. The ten tribes would be taken captive and led away. For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God, Call his name Lo-Ami, not my people. The name of the third child, Lo-Ami, in Hebrew, not my people, is like a lament, and shows that by their harlotry Israel could not be brought could not be thought of as God's people. For ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured for, nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Now Jeremiah 3 also covers uh, something similar here. It says in verse 18, In those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. And that has more to do about the, the last days. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.